Hello and welcome to this uh, episode of Irreligiosity version 2.0, the One True Podcast, and the only podcast to capture all other podcasts and make sex slaves out of them. Woohoo! <laughs> Are they anal sex slaves? Uh, yes. Or just regular kind. We can apparently we can do whatever we want with these other podcasts. Sweet. Going down the garbage truck route. Uh, that'll be relevant later. We have. What do we have? I like eighteen, I think. We we have a shit ton, a literal shit ton of skunk dicks. We have skunk dicks up the ass. Uh, li- again, literally. Literally. <laughs> Entirely. Why don't you start, Matt? All right, let me start. I'd like to start with uh, it's a, it's an old favorite, Chuck. Friends of ours, Boko Haram. Uh yes, they're in the news uh, recently. Yeah, you may remember first they gained fame by um, by being Islamist militants and killing some other uh, Muslims because they weren't militant enough, possibly because they disagreed with the uh, fine doctrinal distinctions in the other Muslim group. That's right. It was a uh, theological um, <laughs> issue. Debate. It was a debate, really. <laughs> it was a debate held with AK-47. So. <laughs> now we'll have a 10-minute rebuttal. <laughs> right. Boom, boom, boom. No, wait. Oh, it's pew, pew. How do you make that sound? Gun shooting? I'm really I'm trivializing something horrible. Um, anyway... They, well, they we were stumped. That was pretty horrible, but not nearly as horrible as what they've done now. That's true. First, they they um, they have abducted something like uh, 276 girls. Uh, you've probably heard about this. It's all over the news. Bring our girls back. Now they're showing them in a video. And that's a pretty dick move right there, just abducting a bunch of school children. Possibly, you know. Hey, well, no school for girls. Well, uh, Dick moved on really encapsulate right. the uh, what? So Boko Haram means Western education is evil or sinful, right? Sin or forbidden. Forbidden. So Western. Let's get this straight, Matt. Western yeah. education bad. Kidnapping teenage girls and selling them into sex slavery, good. Good. Oh, I. Western oh, education I, haram. That's forbidden. Kidnapping and selling teenage girls into sex slavery, halal. That's okay. So, so they're just following their morals. Exactly. Oh. As, as and you know that they're they're um, perfectly moral because Allah is a perfectly moral God, and yes. He would never command you to do anything that's immoral. Well, that's where our morals come from. So whatever He says to do must be moral. Aha! Uh, uh, checkmate. <laughs> checkmate. I figured it out. Oh, they released a video where these girls, or at least about 136 of them are in the video, where they've shown to be in, um, what do you call this dress? Uh, not a, not a, hab, hab, I want to say habab. Kebab? Hajib? Burka? Burka? Are they burkas? Hajib? I don't know. I don't know. Is that the scarf? I don't speak what Muslim. I, what am I, an expert? <laughs> um... <laughs> Am I supposed to look this thing up? Anyway, they've all converted if they weren't already. They're all Muslims now, and they look extremely happy about it. So would I. Of course I'm Muslim. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. You are are Muslim now. Yes, yes. (laughs) I've just converted. I I am. 
Oh my god. Dicks. Still dicks. Again, once again, this is the morality you have <clears throat> when, you know, people say uh, when you don't have God, anything is permissible. It is, in truth, the exact opposite. When you think that you're acting under God's orders, anything is permissible. You can justify fucking anything, even kidnapping and selling into sexual slavery teenage women whose only crime in your eyes is being fucking educated. Yeah. Well, that's that's pretty bad, you know. Don't want any smart women over there. Right, you don't want your women to be educated. No. It ruins everything. Your, um... The next candidate would be uh, the Supreme Court, who upheld. So this is a, 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 a case that went all the way up to the Supreme Court uh, about holding Christian prayers before meetings of an upstate New York town council, right? Whether this is right. whether this is constitutional or not. And so you'd think, you know, me as a as a lay person, as as not a legal scholar, uh, it would seem to me it's absolutely a violation of the First Amendment of the Constitution, which prohibits, you know, endorsing uh, fucking sectarian religion. Um, but, uh, you know, as usual, the lay people are wrong. Uh, the Supreme Court decided five to four. So <laughs> yeah. this is a clear mandate. Five to four that it's okay. And, and Justice Anthony Kennedy wrote, ceremonial prayer is but a recognition that since this nation was founded and until the present day, many Americans deem that their own existence must be understood by precepts far beyond the authority of government. So it's okay because we've always done it, Matt. Oh, it's tradition. If we've done it historically, it must therefore be okay. It's like uh, one nation under God. It's tradition. No. <laughs> yeah, it's God save this court. 1954. Uh... So, again, the argument is, if it was historically practiced, uh, it's okay to do now. Because, just just because it was historically practiced, that's the only fucking justification. So, we've always held slaves again, so fucking, um, let's, let's remove the Emancipation Proclamation. Because, you know, we held slaves historically, so that's okay. Oh, okay. We've discriminated against black people historically, so fuck the Civil Rights Movement. We've done it! Why, what are you guys complaining about? We've always done it. I think you're making a case against gay marriage. It's always <laughs> been done this way. <laughs> Fuck you, Scalia, Thomas, Roberts, and Kennedy. Fuck all of you. God damn. And, and Alito. Don't forget Alito. And Alito. This is why. Uh, this is why having a democratic president is very, very important. When these fuckers die, when Scalia finally fucking kicks the goddamn bucket. He's never going to fucking step down, this asshole. No. Uh, we need to have a Democrat in the presidency to replace him. Can't we get him to go hunting with Dick Cheney or something? Right. The <laughs> vote was right along uh, conservative versus liberal lines. So right. that tells you, oh, yeah, they really looked at the law. They really carefully looked at the law and legal precedent and the First Amendment and didn't just vote their fucking beliefs. Right. <laughs> Fuck you, assholes. Well, what did uh, Scalia said? He said, um... I don't know what Scalia said, but I can guarantee I'll tell you what Clarence Thomas said. Clarence Thomas said... Like he always fucking does. Nothing. Nothing? Never. <laughs> Never says anything. He just... Scalia, Thomas's whole purpose on the court is A, to agree with Scalia, and B, not to ask any fucking questions. Uh, see, I heard Thomas said that Speaking only for himself, he questioned whether Establishment Clause even applies 
to state and local governments. He allowed that as an additional matter. Probably, probably just prohibit Congress from establishing a national religion. Oh, okay. That, yeah. It's probably. All right. <laughs> the, the, the fucking states can do whatever they want in violation of the First Amendment. It just doesn't apply to them. Yeah. Also, peer pressure uh, for public prayer is not enough to be a violation of the Establishment Clause, said uh, Scalia, I believe. Right. So, so Scalia is just making shit up, right? Yeah. So, so um, based on hundreds of years of legal precedent, uh, I mean my own fucking ideas as a Catholic who believes in a fucking literal devil. Peer pressure isn't really all that important. <laughs> I don't care if you're made to feel uncomfortable or like a second-class citizen when we give a sectarian Christian prayer in front of a state-sponsored organization funded no, by no. taxpayer money. Sectarian uh, Christian prayer, Chuck, they were uh, generic. They were, they were all held in a generic yeah. way. Um, yeah. For example, they would uh, speak about the saving sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Right, exactly. Or <laughs> recite the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, how is that generic. sectarian? How is that sectarian? <laughs> Exactly. It's Christian, you fuckers. It's all Christian. <laughs> Look, we had a Methodist, we had an Episcopalian, we had a Presbyterian. We're, we're diverse. We're, <laughs> we had all of them. Fuck these assholes. Oh my god, what if they have a Unitarian? That would blow their minds. Let's move on to the next guy. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, are, you are, I know you are familiar, Chuck. You're intimately familiar with South Dakota Gop State House. Representative and pastor, when not at the Capitol, Steve. Did you say South Dakota GOP? GOP. You don't say GOP? What do you say, GOP? GOP. I said GOP. <laughs> Isn't it an acronym uh, for Grand Old Party? It is, is an acronym. <laughs> I'm not saying. <laughs> South Dakota. Fuck you. South You're Dakota GOP. Chuck Morrison's a scumbag. <laughs> GOP. Because of the sound they make when they talk. Gap, gap, gap. Uh, what did this asshole do? Hold on. He's also a pastor when he's not at the council capital. Well, he, he did so many things. Let's start. Let's get a little history. First, he introduced uh, legislation similar to Arizona, similar to who else, whoever did that. Same the, – the stuff that was against homosexual people but aims to protect your you know, religious liberty, your religious say, freedoms. When you say introduce is similar to Arizona, you're going to have to <laughs> narrow that down. <laughs> is it against the Mexicans? Is it against the gays? Is it against women? You got to specify it, that. No, it was definitely against the gays. So right. nobody should be forced to perform you know, marriage services or bake a cake for God's sake. Right. That's, that's so, a violation of my religious freedoms. Yeah. Uh, so he wrote – then he wrote a letter to the editor of one of South Dakota's largest newspapers, whatever whatever that is. <laughs> um, do we have any listeners there? Perhaps you can find out. So he said – and I'm sure you, you'll have commentary on this, Chuck, because you are a doctor. Uh, certainly there are board-certified doctors in our state who will attest – to what seems self-evident to so many, gay sex is not good for the body or mind. <laughs> Pardon a com- crude comparison, but regarding men with men, we're talking about a one-way alley meant only for the garbage truck to go down. <laughs> Frankly, I'd question the judgment of a doctor who says it's all fine. <laughs> uh, 
I want, I want quite, you know, th- does this guy understand that um, men and women sometimes engage in anal sex, that it's not just men and men? He doesn't know that. He is so afraid of anal sex. <laughs> I wonder if it's uh, good for the body. I mean, what the hell does that mean, good for the body? You know how many bacteria in the vagina? <laughs> None? Seven. More. Well, somehow the message we're presently getting from the medical community is that eating at McDonald's will kill us, but the gay lifestyle has no side effects. <laughs> Truth be told, it seems self-evident the list of side effects would read far longer than anything we hear on a Cialis commercial. The side effects of a gay lifestyle? <laughs> yes. <laughs> or maybe just anal sex. Good fashion sense, uh, immaculately clean, long list of side effects. Yeah. So, after that, he was done talking. And he said, no more weird, offensive things. I'm sure that's true. <laughs> no, he did. He did say something. Um, he was, uh, he was doing a, a video interview. You can look this up if you really want to hear him say this, but basically he says, I think I'm good. I, <laughs> <laughs> I hesitate to get crude again. He's hesitating. So at least he's thinking. Oh, this time he's hesitating. Because is it okay, you know, for 80 of your friends that you're in love with to take a dump in your bed and then you can sleep in it all year long? That's gay sex to, to this guy. It's eight friends taking a dump in your bed. Maybe one of them has diarrhea. I don't know. Then you climb in that bed and you sleep in it. That is a perfect analogy for gay sex. Yes. I can't fault that at all. It is exactly like having eight of your friends take a dump in your bed and then you sleep in it for a year. Uh, Then he added, people are deluding themselves if they think, you know, God loves you and everything you're doing. (laughs) But no, he doesn't. (laughs) God doesn't love me? No. Why not? He, does not? he does not love everything. Why you're doesn't doing. he love me? If you're having anal sex, God doesn't love you. <laughs> well, Matt, um, he had been getting um, a little bit of negative feedback over his comments, and he uh, he told TPM Livewire last week that he was quote a little sore with all <laughs> the angry feedback he received, <laughs> and insisted he just wanted to help those with genetic breakdowns like homosexuality. That's all. Oh, genetic break, so he's carrying. He's a carrying individual. His anus was a little sore. Oh, he's a little sore. Well, find a bigger dick. <laughs> he could be a lot sore. Smaller. Find a smaller cucumber. Uh, you know, you're in the medical field, Chuck, right? Yes, I'm board certified. Then you must uh, be part of the intimidation factor and silencing that's going on. Listen, McDonald's food will kill you, but there's nothing wrong with gay sex. (laughs) You practice medicine, and it's an issue of politicized medicine and junk science and agenda-driven studies when the average person can just, you know, what's self-evident is that anal sex isn't good. Listen, don't (laughs) knock it until you try it. Oh, wait. You're for anal sex. I am pro-anal sex. So you're not. Oh, so you are. You are about the. Uh, I am pro- intimidation about Matt. I've actually gathered eight of my friends and had them take a shit in my bed, and I've slept in it for a year. How was it? It was not that bad, surprisingly. It's probably warm. It's probably after cozy. the first couple of days, you don't even notice. Ah, <laughs> uh, I 
think anal sex is okay, but sleeping in a shit-filled bed. <laughs> Matt, it's exactly the same. It's gone too far. Matt, there's no difference. One time I got really drunk, and um, anyway, no, never mind. You don't want to know about that. <laughs> <laughs> it was that it was that the skunk kick of the week, or do we still have to feed this in the computer? We still have to feed it. That, that was that was pretty skunk dickish. I mean, it even had uh, dicks in it. Uh, that's really impressive. The, these guys with an absolute lack of knowledge, uh, speaking for doctors. <laughs> Guy's not a board-certified physician, but he speaks for them. He's a pastor. Yeah, well, that's all the qualifications you need, really. And he's a GOP state representative. <laughs> <laughs> what a shock! A fucking Republican as a pastor. I'm shocked, I tell you. Uh, how can you be? You're a pastor and you're in the state. Oh, God. All right, let's feed that in. All right, feed it. Feed the dicks. Well, Matt, the skunk dick this week is actually Steve Harvey again. How's oh, Steve Harvey? I love that guy. He's just a friendly comedian. Yeah, isn't he on, um, what's the show he does now? Family is Feud. Family Feud. Family Feud. Oh. I wonder if we could get a group of people... And we'll be like the atheist family. You think they'd let us? I think as a, a Christian, Hollywood keeps him down, and that's the only uh, show he can get now. Is the oh, family feud. it is pretty pathetic. Um, Matt, uh, he's upset about uh, some couple who uh, whose sex tape got released on the internet. And he has some advice that I think is oh, really? important for you to listen to. All right. Please, young women out there, think of yourself and your brand and your image. Think of what people will say about you when you're not around. Think about stuff people will say behind your back, what they'll say in your face. What you will have to deal with the rest of your life. Do not make these decisions. Stay out of the sex trade. You ain't here for sex. You're here for life. God didn't create you for sex. He created you for life. He got a purpose for you. He got a mission for you. He got things to do for you, with you. He has things he requires from you. You're putting your most precious gift out on display. See, everything God made, he buried deep. He made it hard to get to. A pearl, you got to dive to the bottom of the ocean. All his precious minerals are buried. Gold, you got to dig in the side of a mountain and way down in the ground. Diamonds, you got to bore deep. Ain't no diamonds laying on top of the ground. They don't grow like corn. You want all, you got to burrow miles into the ground to get the precious minerals of God. And he put them in hard to reach places. And this thing that y'all sitting on, this thing that every man got to have, your body, that precious jewel that's in the most hidden place on your body. Think about that. See, God is smart. That's why he put it where he put it, because it's hard to get to. We can't get to it unless you show it to us or you give it to us. Think about that for a minute. Don't pass it around like it ain't nothing to it, because you're actually sitting on a gold mine. Please act like it, young ladies. Act like you're sitting on a gold mine, because it is what every man is after, and we will pay dearly for it. Think about that, okay? Well, there you have it, Matt. Where, where do I start, Chuck? <laughs> is he watching pornos in the background? <laughs> <laughs> There's like some music in the background. I'll tell you where I'd start. Uh, it takes two to make a sex tape, and fucking Pastor Steve Harvey is directing a sermon toward the woman. Why yeah. is that? 
Why is it just uh, the women who have to worry about the internet? Why is it just the women who have this precious jewel? And why is the most important thing on a woman her vagina? Because that is the value of women. That's your pearl, women. Your vagina. You're sitting on a gold mine. Nothing else he... matters other than what's between your legs. What? What? How does he know what God wants them to do? What if God wants them to make a sex tape? You know, this is the same thing Probably that not. bothered me about the purity balls, too. That, you know, we didn't get, we, we focused on how creepy it was, but where are the purity balls for men? Where are, right. the, where are the fathers who are covering their teenage sons with purity and protecting their fucking chastity and virginity until they get married? Where are those well, purity balls? It should be their mothers marrying their sons in those. those right, be, I guess it would be gay marriage, right? Those right, are the yeah. actual purity balls. Well, where's the gay marriage purity balls? I, I think. <laughs> Where are the gay fathers protecting the chastity of their sons? This yeah, follows the just... whole thing with women, which is, uh, hey, don't dress suggestively. Don't do this. Don't do that. And tell, instead of telling men, hey, don't rape women. Yeah, and it's us in society saying, uh, women, the most important thing about you isn't your brain. It's your sexuality. It's whether you fuck someone before marriage or not. It's your virginity. It's your vagina. It's all of your sexuality. That's what's most important about a woman. Yeah. Nothing make, else. Not your personality. Not you know your brain. Not your uh, capacity to be a human being and, and what you can contribute to society and what you can do for yourself and other people. It's your fucking vagina and making babies. We got to right. protect that. You got to hide that jewel. You can't just show it to people. You gotta dig for it. You gotta make men work for your vagina. That that part kind of creeped me out a little bit. <laughs> Talk about creep. The fact that that Steve Harvey is so focused on women's vaginas uh, on this sex tape, and it's the it's all the women's fault. It's not the men. Men, we don't have to worry about it. You know what he's 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 saying is women, women. You gotta. This this shit this this stuff is on the internet forever, right? You gotta really you gotta think about this. What people say behind your back. Men, high five. Good job. Woohoo. Right. Women though, seriously. You you gotta watch out, man. People it's might your say reputation. bad stuff. Yeah, you get them like gossip about you. Get a clue. Think about it. This is your whole life. It's on there forever. Steve Harvey gives the best advice. Steve Harvey, skunk dick <laughs> of the week. We, we may have to retire his jersey. If he pops up again, <laughs> right. his jersey may be retired. He's going up there on the wall with fucking Matt Robertson. The Pope, Boko Haram, <laughs> Glenn Beck, Glenn Beck, Layton. Uh, we got a great uh, iTunes review. <laughs> iTunes reviews. It's called. Yeah, we're at six sixty nine now. So, so you know, three more people uh, reviewed. So stop now because at least six sixty nine is okay. I would have preferred six sixty six, but six sixty nine is been awesome. Bad. Love, love, love in capital letters uh, by Rachel Zalu. Five I've never felt the need to write an iTunes review before, but I absolutely love this podcast. Matt, we broke her podcast review, Cherry. Oh. I think, Rachel Lazoo, you welcome. should really think twice about this stuff is going to be on the internet forever. It's not yeah. going away. You can't write these things up. And You've then... lost your iTunes review virginity in public for everyone to see. This is embarrassing. I'm going to read it again. Uh, how about great since episode one now Matt I'm not sure if that's version one or version two episode one we have two episodes ones right should I be insulted or (laughs) exactly Uh, or not insulted 
by Greg stole my nickname. Uh, if you have only have time to listen to one intelligent, intelligent. <laughs> How can you misspell the word intelligent in your review? How is that possible? The one intelligent, rowdy, entertaining podcast on religion founded by ex-Mormons. Subscribe to Infants on Thrones. Oh, what? Oh, you dick. What? If you have Infants time for two, consider th- irreligiosity. Oh, Greg stole my nickname. Skunk Dick of the Week. He just displaced Steve Harvey. That's right. Intelligent. He got educated so he could elucidate you. <laughs> you have been elucidated, Chuck. <laughs> Take that. Oh, good Lord. Shall we get to the actual meat of the podcast, Matt? We probably should, since I have to go to work today. Exactly. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is going to be like 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> good, because this is more of a skunk dick episode. Yeah. Uh, Matt, the What's, actual... What is the topic, anyway? actual topic of this podcast is the uh, five most immoral things in the Bible, or the five biggest dick moves of Yahweh. Yahweh's five biggest dick moves. Yay. So you only found five? Well, the five biggest. Oh, so it's like oh, so it's like the top uh, skunk dicks of the Bible. Exactly. This episode is all skunk dicks. It's Yahweh being a massive skunk dick. Ah. Uh, these are listed, Matt, in no particular order. I'm not going to attempt to rank these because they are so absolutely, abysmally horrible that they yeah. all rank as the number one most immoral thing in the Bible. So in random order, number one, genocide. <laughs> <laughs> God was like committing so much genocide. It's pretty much all over the Bible. Um, God does it himself with the flood, of course, right? Starting in Genesis uh, 6, verse 5. And God saw that the wickedness... <coughs> oh, he's striking you down! And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him in his heart. I love that he's omnipotent, uh, all-knowing, but now he's kind of sorry that he made man. Like, who could have fucking foretold this? He's also all-grieving. <laughs> and it grieved him in his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both oh. man and beast and the creeping thing... And the fowls of the air. What did they do? What? <laughs> what did the fucking birds do? What about the creeping things? What Actually, re- go ahead with the creeping yeah, things. I'm all right with the creeping. <laughs> <laughs> what repenteth me that I have made them. So he was going to destroy everybody, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to change my mind again. I was first going to kill everybody and all the animals and all the birds and all the spiders but I guess Noah's okay, so I guess I won't do that, and I'll actually just kill most things. Yeah, but make sure you get the creeping things. So I want you to imagine God making it rain, and all the, not only wicked adults, but all the wicked children, and all the wicked babies. Suffocating, swallowing water, gagging, coughing, dying horrible, painful deaths. Because God just felt bad that he made men. You know, in his defense, sometimes babies are kind of assholes. Pretty dickish. Pretty dickish. Like when you're in a movie theater, somebody brings their baby. Oh, my God. All they do is cry and shit and eat. And I'm like, where's God now? And and I was like... Nowhere to be found. My kid is shitting and eating and crying. I, it is repentant. I'm repentant that I had made this baby. Therefore, I will strangle it. Yeah. 
Oh, that's that's not even funny. Actually. You'll hear <laughs> it's so horrible. You'll hear apologists say that uh, well, God created these people, so therefore He owns them, right? Ah. We're His property. He has the right to do whatever He wants with us. And you know, you, you got to think about that. First of all, it's admitting that. Christianity is a doctrine of slavery, right? It's all about you are a slave to God. Yeah. But second of all, think for a minute that you um, perhaps made a little robot, right? And and somehow you programmed into this robot free will, the ability to decide for himself and change his own programming, right? And and say you, you created another robot, and those little robots fucked and made more little robots. Do you own those robot children? Even if you own... And I'm not granting that you do once you have free will, once this being is sentient thinking for himself. Even if you own these two, do you own their children as well? You own their robots. You own the robot children? Is it okay if this robot gets mad and, and angry and, and uh, does stuff that you don't like, even though you programmed free will into him and the ability to think for himself? Is it okay if you then take a bat to this robot and smash it into pieces? Look, Chuck, I give my robots free will to think how I want them to think. <laughs> and then I command them to uh, set aside that free will and just obey me without thinking. Yeah. Even though I that, fucking programmed that in the first place. That would have been a lot easier. Uh, all right. So uh, God not, not only is personally responsible for killing nearly an entire world, but yeah. he also commands it several times, right? So oh, yeah. in Deuteronomy uh, 7, 1 through 4, When the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land whither thou goest to possess it, and hath cast out many nations before thee, and then he's got a list of nations, right? The Hittites, right. the Girgashites, and the Amorites, and the Canaanites, and the Perizzites. The Perizzites? The Perizzites. <laughs> yeah. And the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Oh, Jebus. Seven was, nations greater. Is that real? Yes. <laughs> Jebusites. Seven nations greater and mightier than thou. And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nope. nor shew any mercy unto them. No shewing. No shewing mercy. Neither shalt thou make marriages with them. Mm -mm. Thy daughter thou shalt not give unto his son, nor his daughter shalt thou take. So I'm very specific here. Yeah. Nor don't marry daughter. them. Don't give your sons to them. Don't marry their women. For they will turn away thy son from following me, that they may serve other gods. So will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly. So, Whoa. Uh, it, you know, I want you to fucking murder everybody and don't spare anyone because if you marry them, then, of course, your uh, kids will then turn away from me, and, of course, I'm going to have to kill all of you. So it's either <laughs> you or them. What's it going to be, Israelites? Uh, I think they went, they did it. They killed them all. Yeah, he repeats oh, the same, same command in uh, Deuteronomy 20, uh, 16, verses 18. And even worse, uh, in Joshua 11, verses 19 through 20, God hardens the hearts of the enemies of Israel specifically so they can destroy them, right? I love that. <laughs> there was just like Pharaoh and Moses. Pharaoh, uh, after the first or second plague, was like, hey, this sucks. I think I'm going to... And then uh, God hardens his heart because God's not done yet <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> showing how powerful he is. So uh, Joshua 11, 19-20, There was not a city that made peace with the children of Israel, save the Hivites, the inhabitants of Gibeon. All other they took in battle. 
For it was of the Lord to harden their hearts, that they should come against Israel in battle, that he might destroy them utterly, and then they might have no favor, but that he might destroy them, as the Lord commanded Moses. So, uh, even if they wanted to make peace, God said, "Mm, I don't think so, I'm going to harden all your hearts and bring you in battle so that I can slaughter them. So much for fucking free will. Remember, the whole problem of evil is solved with free will, right? Well, I give, God gave him free will, so that, that you know, it's one of the side effects of free will. But free will's so good that it justifies the evil. So if you balance it out, it's a greater good than there is evil. So there you have it. And, but God has no problem fucking with people's free will when uh, it suits his purposes and he wants to kill them all. Right. Then he also makes them kill, like, everyone, too. The women, the children, and to dash babies against rocks. The cattle, the... the oh, yeah, that's right, the, the cattle! Chickens, you know, <laughs> kill everything. Ah, uh, Lord. So, that's genocide. Number one, biggest dick move by Yahweh. Uh, yeah. All over the Old Testament. Uh, number two, slavery. Uh, which, you know, genocide, slavery, you know, we may be committing the fallacy of presentism here, you know, by saying that the the morality of the 21st century you can't judge these guys by uh because they're they're bronze age they're iron age people but god is not <laughs> god is eternal <laughs> unfortunately yeah god's supposedly omnipotent and all good so that raises some problems <laughs> how can you be all good and command genocide of innocent cattle well they 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 require a lot of water, and the Middle East is dry. So, uh, slavery. Uh, God actually marches out rules for slavery in Leviticus twenty-five forty-four through 46. As for the male and female slaves, whom ye may have, it is from the nations around you that you may acquire male and female slaves. So it's okay to have slaves, Matt, but just from Canada and Mexico. Not oh, yeah. Fucking German slaves or uh, Russian slaves. Car- Carib- Caribbean nations okay? They've all got, oh, I get, well, no, not really. I don't think they're physically attached. Oh, okay. Um, well, that's my interpretation. If they fit the, you know, the, the around you, around I guess that you. works. I guess that works. Caribbean slaves, okay. You may also acquire them from among the aliens residing with you. <clears throat> so oh. if, if, uh, aliens. if an alien happens to land in your backyard... And uh, like sets Alf. up shop. <laughs> you can enslave Alf. <laughs> so if someone from, say, Germany decides to immigrate to the United States, then uh, you can also acquire, and he's ah. selling some German slaves, you can also acquire some. So that's like a loophole. Okay, you know? okay. You can only, you know, have slaves, male and female slaves, from people around you, unless people have kind of migrated into your community and they're selling slaves. That's okay, too. Well, I'm glad they have these rules, because I was a little confused. Yeah. Uh, You may also acquire them from the aliens residing uh, with you, and from their families that are with you, who have been born in your land, and they may be your property. You may keep them as a possession for your children after you, for them to inherit as property. So this is not only uh, slavery, but this is slavery in perpetuity. This is eternal slavery, right? They're children uh, who you didn't purchase, right? But they they go ahead and, and make children then those children who are completely innocent are also slaves and your property, and your children can inherit them as well. Well, yeah, that makes sense. These you may treat as slaves, but as for your fellow Israelites, no one shall rule over the other with harshness. So, um, you know, I guess you're not supposed to have uh, Jews as slaves, Matt. 
No, you don't want to do that. I mean, that's crazy talk, Chuck. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's probably because uh, Jews are pretty shifty. Maybe they're, they make poor slaves. You can't. But great masters. <laughs> they're always complaining. You're getting plagues left and right. Your, your rivers are running red. All yeah. these locusts are coming. It's probably not a good idea in general to keep Jews as slaves. No. They're whiny. Now, Matt, you might be surprised. That's the Old Testament. You might be surprised that also some references to slavery in the New Testament, the upgraded version of Judaism. But I've been told the New Testament supersedes the Old Testament. (laughs) That's why those crazy things you read in the Old Testament are not really true. Right, exactly. Except, you know, wasn't Jesus the God of the Old Testament? (laughs) Don't get technical. (laughs) (laughs) The whole letter of Paul uh, to Philemon um, about the slave basically is I want you to not abolish the the uh, practice of slavery but I want you to return to your master and just try to be nice to him because he's Christian <laughs> so you know don't beat yeah. it too hard get a good Christian master there's also First Peter uh, 2 uh, verses 18 through 20 slaves accept the authority of your masters with all deference not only those who are kind and gentle but also those who are harsh For it is a credit to you if, being aware of God, you endure pain while suffering unjustly. If you endure when you are beaten for doing wrong, what credit is that? (laughs) (laughs) You deserved it. (laughs) But if you endure when you do right and suffer for it, you have God's approval. So so there you have it. Um, And, you know, apparently that was written by Peter himself, right? The Apostle (laughs) Jesus, the first pope of the Catholic Church. Slaves accept the authority of your masters. And these these verses were used by pro-slavery people in the South, right? Why would God tell you to accept the authority of your masters if if you're just going to be emancipated? That doesn't make (laughs) any sense. They can beat them with impunity, too. Yes, because... because For no reason. Because they're just trying to uh, give them God's approval. Right. What credit (laughs) do you have if you're beaten for doing something you did wrong? That's just... (laughs) <laughs> Let me beat you for no reason so that uh, God loves you. <laughs> I love it. You know, the New Testament supposedly turn the other cheek, right? And, and and don't don't be violent. But here you have the New Testament endorsing violence. For God's approval. Beat the shit out of people. It's all right. So, Matt, a subsection of slavery is sex slavery. And that, you may not be surprised, is also endorsed by the Bible and Yahweh. I am not surprised. Deuteronomy 21, uh, verses 10 through 13. When thou goest forth to war against thine enemies, and the Lord thy God hath delivered them unto thy hands. <laughs> yeah, that's what he does. And thou hast taken them captive, and seest among the captives a beautiful woman, and hast a desire unto her that thou wouldst have her to thy wife. Thou shalt bring her home to thine house, and she shall shave her head, and pare her nails, and she shall put the raiment of her captivity from off her, and shall remain in thine house, and bewail her father and mother a full month. <laughs> and after that, thou shalt go in unto her, and be her husband, and she shall be thy wife. Well, there you go, Matt. If you are, you know, when you're beating the shit out of people, and conquering, and destroying their property, and killing their cows, if you see a beautiful woman, just take just her take home, her. shave her, her head, home. cut her nails, let her whine for a month about her mother and father, and then she's your wife. That's cool. That's, that should be long enough. Besides shaving your heads, that's really for lice. That's, that's, uh... <laughs> you don't want to be lice in your house. No. Oh, my no. God. So, uh, yeah, not only um, does God endorse it, but there you have it. There's, there are the rules for uh, keeping a sex slave. 
Okay. Um, one of my favorite passages, we've talked about this before, is, you know, the Israelites uh, who are commanded to kill all the women and children, right, and don't let anyone uh, be spared at all. Uh, when the Israelites balk at that and they say, you know, hey, uh, maybe we should maybe just just take these as prisoners, uh, God gets mad. Right? <laughs> he gets pissed off. Well, fuck you, assholes. <laughs> Starting in Numbers 31.7, uh, and they warred against the Midianites, as the Lord commanded Moses. And they slew all the males. And the children of Israel took all the women of Midian captives, and all their little ones, and took the spoil of all their cattle, and all their flocks, and all their goods. And they burnt their cities wherein they dwelt, and all their goodly castles with fire. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought they might have burned it with something else. Yeah, specify that. But so, maybe with, so you yeah. know, the, the Israelites rightly are saying, God, I don't feel comfortable uh, killing women and children. I can slaughter all these men. That's fine. Fair, fair play. Right. That's but, more. You know, women and slaughtering women and children. That makes me a little nervous. So they took their spoil and their prey, both uh, men and beasts, and they brought the captives and the prey and the spoil unto Moses and Eleazar the priest. And Moses was wroth with the officers of the host, with the captains over thousands and captains over hundreds, which came from the battle. Moses said unto them. Have ye saved all the women alive? <laughs> oh my God, you dicks! What did I fucking tell you? Behold, these caused the children of Israel, through the council of Balaam, to commit trespass against the Lord in the matter of Peor. And there was a plague among the congregation of the Lord. Now therefore, kill every male among the little ones. So kill every boy child that they saved. And kill every woman that hath known man by lying with him. So... Every woman who's not a virgin, kill those too. But all the women children that have not known a man by lying with him, keep alive for yourselves. Have at them. They're your sex slaves. Congratulations. I'm really obsessed with this virginity thing. I will, you know, kill the, the men children. Kill the women who aren't virgins. But you know what? This once, I'm just going to go ahead and let you keep all the virgins. Ah, merciful God. <laughs> Isn't that merciful to have all these women uh, kept alive as sex slaves for the rest of their lives? Very I merciful. Wanna, ah, the I tender what, mercies of the Lord. <laughs> I want to know what's the matter of pure. Yeah, I was curious about that too. So I looked back and it, it's uh, found in Numbers 25. It's a pretty funny story. So the Lord is mad against the people of Israel because they were abiding in Shittim. <laughs> and then, that's probably enough Shittim. reason to be mad. Right. Abiding in Shittim. <laughs> The people, quote, began to commit whoredoms with the daughters of Moab. <laughs> oh. So he sends a plague, right? So people are dying left and right. Moses orders his soldiers, you know, he's trying to figure out a way to stop the Lord from sending this plague and being angry. So his solution is kill everyone who had joined up with a guy named Baal Peor and worshipped his gods, right? And so they kill all of them, but that doesn't end the plague. So finally, one Israelite comes up out of the congregation and uh, presents his Midianite wife. Oh, my God. He's married to a Midianite. So well, what, what do you do? What are you supposed <laughs> to do? Well, you follow them into the tent, <laughs> you take a javelin, and you run them both through. That's The, the man and his wife? Both of them. In verse 7, And when Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron the priest, saw it, he rose up from among the congregation and took a javelin in his hand, and he went after the man of Israel into the tent and thrust both of them through, the man of Israel and the woman through her belly. So the plague was stayed from the children of Israel, and those that died in the plague were twenty and four thousand. So so God 
It's fucking killing everyone, left and right, until, unbeknownst to the congregation, they have this Midianite, this man who had married a Midianite. Ah. You know, uh, you know that, that's the problem in the first place. They, they were committing whoredoms with the daughters of Moab. So he says, oh, look, <laughs> I have this daughter of uh, uh, Midian, so uh, she's, she's my wife, so I'm just going to go into this tent here. And so the, guy, the son of the priest follows him into the tent. Runs them both through the javelin. Finally, God says, ah, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm done. Thank you for that. Over. Ah, uh, well, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. <laughs> or the two. God just going to continue killing people. The other 24,000. <laughs> continue murdering people right and left until you run both the man and the woman through with the javelin. Seems fair. It, it seems like it was a mystery, too, where they had to figure it out. Right. If he wouldn't have come forward, God would still be killing Jews with a plague. I did want to mention. I did want to mention the um, under the category of sex slavery, the punishment for a rapist that's found in uh, Deuteronomy twenty two twenty eight. Death. Death. No castration. Right. If a man find a damsel that is a virgin, which is not betrothed, and lay hold on her, and lie with her, and they be found. Then the man that lay with her shall give unto the damsel's father fifty shekels of silver, and uh, she shall be his wife, because he hath humbled her, he may not put her away all his days. So not only does he have to marry her and pay fifty shekels to the father, because he's, he's sullied the father's property. Right. He's got to uh, compensate for sullying the father's property by paying him fifty shekels. And then the man who rapes this woman has to marry the woman, his victim. The victim is forced to marry her rapist, and be repeatedly raped for the rest of her life. Well, I can see how this will work out for some guys. If there's a girl they like, (laughs) and she's like, no, get away from me, and then he just has to rape her, and then he gets to marry her. That's got to be one of the biggest dick moves of the entire... That's a big dick move. ...entire Bible. Oh, you raped this woman. Well, you owe me 50 shekels, and now you need to marry her and continue raping her for the rest of her life, and you can't ever divorce her. Right. Right. And and for the woman, it's, oh, you got raped. Well. <laughs> well, good news. Good news. It's your wedding day. Uh, a little earlier than that, in Deuteronomy 22, 23, if a damsel that is a virgin be betrothed unto a husband, and a man find her in the city and lie with her. So this is if, if he's finding her and she's betrothed, then ye shall bring them both out unto the gate of the city, and ye shall stone them with stones that they die. The damsel, you know, why would you... Why would you kill the damsel? Why would you kill the woman? The damsel, because she cried not, being in the city. And the man, because he had humbled his neighbor's wife, so thou shalt put away evil from among you. So she didn't fight back hard enough. It's her fault. Ah. She needs to be put to death. Right. Got to get that evil away from you. By the way, there's no exception given for if he's choking her. <laughs> she can't physically cry out. Or if he gagged her. Or, or was gagged. There's not nope dead. You got a stoner. Well, they they don't they don't do subtleties, Chuck, in these uh, in right. these rulings. Right. You can't expect an, an omnipotent, omnibenevolent God <laughs> to list any sort of exceptions. Right. So, uh, if the woman is not uh, fighting back enough, or isn't discovered fighting back, essentially, that's what it boils down to. If she's not discovered fighting back in the act, then she gets stoned too, because you know it's her fault. Yeah, 50-50. Uh, uh, <laughs> that is uh, number two. Number three, 
child murder. We've gone over this a little bit under the category of genocide and slavery. This seems to be right. popping up all over the place once again. Well, he loves the killing. He love he especially loves killing little children. That's right. Psalm one thirty seven is a uh, about is a captive Israelite who's whining about Babylon's conquest of Jerusalem. Let me just read oh, this. Always whining. with the whining. God with the Jews and the whining. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. Seriously, the Babylonians conquer your whole fucking village and they allow you to take your harps with them? Come on. That's Well, they're not going to let them take their swords. For their... Can, can I take my table? No. You, you can take come, your harp. Come right now and bring your harps, damn it. For there, they that carried us away captive required of us a song. Oh, that's why they were oh. the harps. And there you go. Yeah, makes sense. Can I have a chair? No. <laughs> no. Sit on you your harp. <laughs> and they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. Matt, I think that's a, a I... euphemism for may I no longer masturbate. I think so. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. Remember, O Lord, the children of Edom in the day of Jerusalem who said, Raise it, raise it, even to the foundation thereof. O daughter of Babylon, who art to be destroyed, happy shall he be that rewardeth thee as thou hast served us. Happy shall he be that taketh and dasheth thy little ones against the stones. That's like the worst song to bring mirth I've ever heard. Yeah. I think that uh, shortly after that, they destroyed all the harps. <laughs> <laughs> so here's, you know, back when I was debating Kirk Hastings, Matt. Yeah? And, and you were nowhere to be found. Nowhere. Before I was banned from the page, of course. <laughs> um, he must have looked online and found an apologetic that I thought was kind of humorous. He said that uh, maybe the the psalmist who wrote that was being sinful, right? Because there's no there's nothing in the text that says this is a good or a bad thing, right? It's just there. And there's a history of Jews being evil in the text before, right? And being sinful and being punished. Sure. Um, so his apologetic was, you know, that's not God saying that. That's just a psalmist who was bitter about being captive, being uh, conquered and, and hauled off by Babylon. So, okay. So, you know, there you have it. That's how you'd be. I'd be like that. Unfortunately, <clears throat> there's also uh, 1 Samuel 15, 2 through 3, uh, which is a direct command uh, from God to murder babies. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Only... Thus, God, no. thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and smite Amalek, and utterly destroy all that they have, and spare them not, but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass. Not the ass. You need to slay men and women, and then you need to slay their asses separately. With the camels, I guess. With yeah. the camels. Uh, infant and suckling. Suckling? So then you have a direct like, command from God to murder babies. 1 Samuel 15, 2-3. Suckling? Is that, is that pigs? Are those so, little pigs? <laughs> so when I pointed that out, Matt, 
Yeah. I got no response. I guess he couldn't find anything online <laughs> to combat that. Well, he, the Lord of Hosts saith. Yeah, shortly after that I was banned. And again, Matt, nowhere to be seen. There's your answer. <laughs> Uh, and, of course, we have this nice aside that's uh, routinely brought up. Shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. 2 Kings uh, 2.23, talking about uh, Elisha or Elijah. One of, I can never tell them. Uh, yeah, it's like, whoever, whatever. And he went up thence unto Bethel, and as he was going up by the way, there came forth little children out of the city, and mocked him and said unto him, Go up, thou bald head. Go up, thou bald head. And, you know, as often happens, Matt, when, when people make fun of me, Yes. I just turn around and kick the living shit out of them. I maul them, I kill them, I stab them. But I guess, you know, it's better if a prophet does it. You know, you can't mock a prophet. No, that's a holy man. You can't expect a prophet to act better than a normal person, right? And he I turned ex- back and looked on them and cursed them in the name of the Lord. These little children who are just mocking him because he's bald. And there came forth two she-bears out of the wood and tear forty and two children of them. <laughs> And he went from thence to Mount Carmel, and from thence he, he returned to Samaria. I like how it's just an aside, right? He's just, he's walking to Bethel. These little kids come out and tease him a little bit. He turns around, curses them in the name of the Lord. Bears come out and maul the shit out of them. And then he just keeps walking. Forty. <laughs> Forty-two children. Forty-two children. I wonder if he uh, conducted an investigation and made sure all 42 of them actually made fun of him before they got mauled by two she-bears. I'm, I'm sure God took care of that in his omnipotence. God sorted them out. Yeah. Matt, uh, dick move number four uh, would be human sacrifice. Uh, of human course, sacrifice? That never did such a thing happen. We can't find that in the Bible. I said it to it once, but then he was like, just kidding. <laughs> right? Right, just we have kidding. the story of Isaac, who does absolutely nothing wrong. <laughs> Right. And God, just because I guess he's bored one day, says to Abraham, hey, remember how you waited like a fucking hundred years to have one child, and then your child now has grown up a little bit, and it's possible that he can give you more children? Well, I'd like you to kill that kid. And Abraham goes, yeah, all right, sounds good. Walks him up there, ties him up, fucking, you know, the, the psychological trauma that you would inflict on this kid? Ties him up. The kid's full well known because he's attended animal sacrifices with his father before. He knows that he's going to get his throat cut. And uh, God allows him to go all the way up to the point of no return. And then an angel says, "Um, okay, you passed. (laughs) Don't do it, you crazy fuck. What the fuck are you doing, Abraham? (laughs) It was a tat. Psych. Just kidding. And then, you know, they, they, they got a ram and then uh, sacrifice the ram instead. So that's a lot better, right? You know, all this animal sacrifice. That's probably a little subset, too, animal sacrifice. What the fuck, God? What the fuck are you doing slitting the throats of all these animals unnecessarily? He loves burnt offerings. He loves them. Fucking asshole. What does the omnipotent ruler of the universe give two shits about slaughtering an animal for him? Why? Why would you cause any unnecessary suffering at all? Ever. Chuck, the barbecue is a time-honored tradition. <laughs> and it was just a type of the uh, later sacrifice of Jesus. That's why oh. all that massive, unnecessary suffering of slitting throats and allowing the blood to drain onto the ground over and over again, thousands of times every year up until 
up until Jesus sacrificed. That's why all that unnecessary suffering was. And that's moral. Is that one of the metaphors? (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, we have the the vow of Jephthah, right, Uh, that he makes to the Lord in Judges 11.30. And Jephthah vowed a vow unto the Lord. I'm glad. I'm glad he did. (laughs) And said, if thou shalt without fail... I love how he sticks that in there. (laughs) It's like a little clause in his contract. If thou shalt without fail deliver the children of Ammon into mine hands, then it shall be that whatsoever cometh forth of the doors of my house to meet me when I return in peace from the children of Ammon shall surely be the Lord's, and I will offer it up for a burnt offering. Oh, I, I don't see this. I don't see this going well. How how could this possibly go wrong? He probably assumed that his dog would be the first to greet him, right? You know what? Why didn't he just say my dog? How about I just go give you my dog? Fortunately, Who? it was his daughter that showed up. Oh, thank God oh. I don't have to sacrifice my dog. Oh, and why Jephthah, would you do that? Jephthah came to Mizpah unto his house, and behold, his daughter came out to meet him with timbrels and with dances, and she was his only child. Beside her, he had neither son nor daughter. Sounds similar to Isaac. And it came to pass when he saw her that he rent his clothes and said, Alas, my daughter, thou hast brought me very low. Thou art one of them that trouble me, for I have opened my mouth unto the Lord, and I cannot go back. And she said unto him, My father, if thou hast opened thy mouth unto the Lord, do to me according to that which proceedeth out of thy mouth, for as much as the Lord hath taken vengeance for thee of thine enemies, even of the children of Ammon. Good God, this this girl is is literate. Because God, you know, know, Father, I'm, I'm merely your property. I'm not actually a human being. Go ahead and fucking do whatever you want. And she said unto her father, Let this thing be done for me. Let me alone two months that I may go up and down upon the mountains and bewail my virginity. Yeah. Oh, Wait, does that mean what I think it means? I'm going to die a virgin. Oh, that's not what I thought it meant. Never mind. I and my fellows. It sounds like a massive orgy is what it sounds it does. like. It sounds like, let me go do some gangbanging, get laid, have a little fun. And he said, go. And he sent her away for two months, and she went with her companions and ah. bewailed her virginity upon the mountains. Yeah, she did. And it came to pass at the end of two months that she returned unto her father, who did with her according to his vow, which he had vowed. And she knew no man. I guess it was just a bunch of women up there on the mountain. Wait, so he killed her? Well, yeah, he offered her as a burnt offering. Matt, you make a promise to the Lord, you gotta keep it. You know, he has neither son, she was his only child, right? Yeah, just like Abraham. Who does he think is gonna come to the door? He was... (laughs) He was What's probably, the... probably waiting, right? Right, you know, where's that Does angel? He... <laughs> where's that angel going to come? Angel? Does he have a wife? Does this guy, is he married? The is wife this... is not important enough to uh, mention in this passage. Let's say he has a wife and a dog. It's going to be one of them. One of the three. <laughs> Why would you ever promise that? He was probably hoping for his wife. <laughs> that's, that's what I was thinking. Now, in, in terms of human sacrifice, we often forget about uh, the tenth plague, right? Which was uh, in Exodus eleven four through 6. This is what the Lord says. About midnight, <laughs> somewhere, ah. let's not be too precise, somewhere around midnight. About midnight, I will go throughout Egypt. Every firstborn in Egypt will die, from the firstborn son of the Pharaoh who sits on the throne, to the firstborn of the slave girl who is at her handmill, and all the firstborn of the cattle as well. 
There will be loud wailing throughout Egypt, worse than there has ever been or ever will be again. So this, um, I think, it, it could fall under the uh, child murder section. I'm having a, a category uh, issue here. Um, <laughs> it seems like, though, that the whole benefit of this is to appease a god. And so it seems more to fit into the category of human sacrifice. He's just appeasing himself? Yes. Ah. It, it's a death of a human being to appease a god. That seems like human sacrifice. So what you know? He so he goes at midnight, and not only did he kill just the firstborn son, but the firstborn of the cattle as well. Yeah. <laughs> what do you got against the cows? How come the chickens got away? <laughs> what about the asses? <laughs> I bet he got the firstborn asses too. You know he did. Yeah. <laughs> God loves nailing some ass. And do you think that he could have come up with a better system than? Uh, you know, because the Israelites had to put, like, lamb's blood over their door in order for the right. angel of death to pass them by. Don't you think he could have come up with a better system or just kind of instructed the angel of death, hey, just avoid the Hebrews. <laughs> <laughs> Skip the Hebrews. Well, the angel of death is uh, nearsighted, I think. <laughs> uh, you can't see. You can only smell lamb's blood. Right. Well, Skip. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, um, oh, of course, Jesus, right? The entire New Testament ah. is about the human sacrifice of Jesus. Ah, yes. So, we can't forget Jesus. Uh, and the final dick move, the final most immoral thing in the Bible. I would even, I would even, you could say this is the number one. This is this possibly is the, winner. <laughs> the number one most immoral thing in the Bible, and that is the concept of hell. And that that is exclusive to the New Testament, exclusive to the peaceable Jesus. Right. The concept where, for some reason, in God's head, something that you can do in your 70 or 80 years of existence as a human being will somehow justify an eternity of torture, unending torture for an eternity. That that probably is, because that, you know... You can talk about how immoral slavery is, this and that. At least that's finite, right? Murdering right. children, at least it's finite. At least you're not torturing the children. Oh, that's not good enough for the New Testament. What you need to do is after these people die, you need to keep them alive forever for an infinite amount of suffering. So uh, this whole thing, to me, right, comes up these these Christians who are saying, Hey, we have objective morality. We get our morals from an objective source. Don't fucking talk to me about objective morality when your God is busily engaged in torturing people for whatever they did. I don't care if the person was fucking Hitler. Whatever they did to offend that God does not deserve an infinite amount of torturing. When your God justifies child murder, when your God justifies human sacrifice, when your God justifies slavery and the uh, sexual enslavement of, of women, you, 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 the term objective morality loses all meaning. You have absolutely no uh, morality whatsoever if you accept the God of either the Old or the New Testament. Zero morality. Anything goes. If you can justify child murder, rape, uh, and genocide, you can justify anything. Yeah, and he does. <laughs> and he does. And they do. So when the next time a, a Christian comes up to you and says, oh, where do you get your morality from? 
how could you possibly be moral without God? Bring up one of these scriptures with them. Oh, really? How moral can your God possibly be when he commanded uh, the lifetime rape of a woman whose only crime was, unfortunately, being too weak to fight off her attacker, which, by the way, God created her that way. Right. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's a good finisher. That is a great dick move. Yeah, uh, amazing, amazing. So, yeah, anytime people try to talk to you about objective morality, uh, you should have three or four of these scriptures just to bring up right off the top of your head. Oh, objective morality, eh? Eerily, 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 Eerily,